Hi, this is Ben from 561 Music Podcast. Right now, we're trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It just helps us get out there more. It also enables us to monetize the podcast, to make it better, do more advertising for it and things like that. Subscribe to the podcast and hit the notifications button. That would be doing us a really big favor. Thank you very much. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How are you, Hector? I'm doing awesome. I see something is different about you. Well, you know, sometimes uh, at this age in life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I got a tattoo, man. Yeah, I it's a, dope. Got a, it's really, really cool. I got a, it's not a cello, if anybody's you know, <laughs> looking. It's not a cello. Yeah, man. But uh, Double bass. Yeah. So you're... Uh, in it to win it now with Killbillies, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I have the tattoo, so I can uh, I can quit Killbillies now, right? <laughs> that's it. I got the mark, and that's the kiss of death. And now, I, now I'm going to be out of the band. So <laughs> last week, just before we went on tour, um, you said you were actually getting Killbillies tattooed on you, I, and I, did. I showed up, and um, and you had it there, and I was like, whoa, you actually did it, and, and then it turned out it was a fake. It was a fake. I got <laughs> a fake Killbillies tattoo, and you were all disappointed. So then I figured, all right, I got to do something for real now. Yeah, you've done it properly. <laughs> It's great. It's time to catch up with James and I. Right, right. I got to do, uh, I still got a ways to go to catch up to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's awesome though, man. Yeah. I love it. This guy was pretty funny though. He's, uh, I walked in and he lit up like a, like a kid on Christmas. He's like, ah, oh, fresh canvas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Like peeing in fresh snow. Seriously. Man. Seriously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just got back off tour, didn't we? Oh man, that was a blast. Yeah. That was a blast. Absolutely. Yeah, it, that was fun. I can't even begin to express how much of a good time i had recording at sun studios it was um it was like one of those bucket list things you know oh man for sure it was equal parts uh equal parts grueling um long hours but exhilarating and like unreal pinch me is this happening yeah 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 it was very very cool and i mean some of the gear we recorded with like elvis presley and and uh uh, Carl Perkins, and yeah, Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, like those guys use the same microphones that we recorded with. You I know? know it's crazy. I was I got a picture of me playing a piano next to a wall, and above the piano on that wall is a picture of Elvis playing that piano by that wall, by that same wall. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. I yeah. can't believe it. And it was really cool. I mean, they had uh, they had the modern stuff. You know, we were recording into Pro Tools and stuff, but at the same time. They had the uh, the original tapes and stuff, the original tape systems and stuff. So we were actually recording to reel, um, bouncing off reel to get the slap back, and then uh, uh, bouncing into Pro Tools, I guess, through yeah. through the original console that they have revived since yep. uh, since back in the day, which is amazing. Yeah, and we're gonna mix it, um, but uh, like we want you know, the fact that we recorded at Sun Studios. We wanted to have a little bit of that sound, so yeah. you know we went with the slap back on on the vocals and the yeah. guitar and everything, and yeah, and also something that I thought was really good for us as a kind of acoustic sort of um, I guess kind of organic sounding band is that we did the rhythm tracks together. Yes, you know, and yes. and like there wasn't really any other way to do it in there. It would have been weird to do it any other way, but I'm glad that we had that kind of 
I guess sort of sometimes limitations can be creative, you know. Well, yeah, and it was very, very, uh, very old school feel and very, you know, true to that room, to, yeah. to the way they used to do it. Exactly, yeah. 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 And we were grooving with each other, and in a way that I think if we'd just done it track by track, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, no, no, it was it was fun, man. It was very fun. Yeah. 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 So we've got a great guest this week. We have uh, Benny Rothschild. How are you, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. How you, you guys doing? Yeah, very doing well. Good. So uh, we've known each other for a very long time, haven't very we? Very long time. You did my first ever ever EP. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. about that. It's good times when we were... Uh, I remember we had that Black Star amp and we were dialing yeah. tones yeah. and everything. Yeah, getting killer tones with that amp. We were... Like duct taping couch cushions to the wall to, oh, s- to yeah. treat the room and stuff. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. it was cool. I was like, this is how you got to get the room. The room's got to sound right and, and things like that. Just like yeah. however you make it sound right is what counts. It's not. Yeah, doesn't matter what the room is. You got to make it sound right. Doesn't matter what the amp is. You got to adjust it. You know, yeah, absolutely. A lot of early lessons to learn for a first recording, like hands on. I probably wouldn't have thought about it the same way if I was in a proper studio in the same way. Like. You know, with the control room and everything, I wouldn't have seen it in the yeah. same way. Well, they, so they wouldn't have duct killer. Tape, they wouldn't have duct taped no, the pillows of the walls no, for you. No, <laughs> it's, it's super <laughs> DIY punk rock. But it yeah, was definitely absolutely. for me like rock. Definitely super cool, especially yeah, where awesome. I was at fourteen. You know, yeah, cool. totally. Yeah, so we, you know, I, I spent a lot of uh, formative years sort of learning my sort of teaching trade and everything, working over there at School of Rock and stuff, and um, and that's where. We we met. Yeah, teaching's fun. Yeah, um, yeah, and like it's really rewarding when kids can't play, and then they're suddenly like, "Can you help me write a song or yeah. something?" Like they they express like a real genuine interest because they think it's cool because you think it's cool and absolutely, you know, like that's a real rush that I can't really replicate any other way, even playing. Um, and you can you can make so much more impact teaching five people that all go on to make music than you would with your own music. Absolutely. Even if none of them like become, you know, famous or whatever, it's just you're you're expanding your reach yeah, it's awesome. as a human within the arts, you know. So Yeah, and you've yeah, been love, teaching love since you were pretty young. Um, you know, but you were probably teaching when you were like 16, 17. Probably 16, yeah. Um yeah. Uh, officially like assisting with groups or just being there with different, you know, like oh, someone's not there, can you like cover this lesson until they're there for 10 minutes and sing, you know? Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, so that's kind of the job for a long time. The big thing for me with teaching that I've always loved about it is that before I taught and I was ju- just playing music um, and everything was focused on that, I found myself getting very self-involved and kind of disappearing, kind of, you know, up my own ass a little bit. Like, um, And I found that teaching, being part of the community, doing stuff in the day... You know, and actually, <laughs> actually being out there with with people, with families, with you know, with uh, um, people trusting you know you with their kids and everything like that, it really rounded me out as a human being. You know, interacting with other yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to mention um, making me a much better musician because, in order to explain something, you have to you have to have a much deeper understanding of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's been crazy because oftentimes kids like I want to learn this song, like today now like, okay let me i've never heard this and you got to just like learn it yeah my ear has gotten so good from teaching and, like, uh, absolutely it was, it was good already but it's like yeah, all of a yeah. You can just like really supercharge it because you have yeah. like 40 minutes or whatever you and i share quite a lot of things we we share 
almost an identical name. Almost identical. You're almost. Ben Rothschild, I'm Ben Childs. Yeah, it's almost there. Yeah, <laughs> um, almost and there. and also a love of music. And uh, yeah, that was, I've always had a good ear too, to the point where when I was young, I almost neglected the other side of it, like the written side of it and stuff, you know, because I didn't really need it. Same. So that, yeah, that yeah. took a lot of work for me to kind of catch that up to the rest of it. Yeah, especially because I, I come from a guitar background. Um, and for like those listening who don't play guitar, you can kind of cheat with guitar pretty quickly. For those who want to learn, like you learn some shapes and then you can move that shit. You learn an A major, you can make that B major really fast. All you got to do is move it. Yeah. Um, and and it, with other instruments, you really have to have a fundamental knowledge and understanding in a different way to play them comfortably. Yeah. Um, so I came from that background where I can just play, I, I can pick it up on guitar really quickly. And it's maybe a little easier quick, you know, to, to develop that at, when you're younger. But yeah. learning the fundamentals is harder the older you get. So I'm glad I kind of figured that out a little later. And I was just like, do you play any piano? Yeah, that'll do it. Getting some piano, just yeah, yeah. yeah, I have no choice. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember um, from when we used to sort of well, when you were a student there, and then and then when we used to work together, um, how much piano you played. But you are you like a proficient on it? Yeah, we're we're getting there. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So I, I I spent a long time kind of transitioning to piano um, right. with the with the launch pad or things like that. It's so much more similar to guitar. Right. Um, and I was attracted to like the colors of the lights and like I thought yeah. it looked cool on stage. So I started with that right. because I was interested in sound being different. I love guitar and I think with effects, pedals and things, you can do so many things to make it sound like not guitar. Yeah. Um, and that's that's only gotten crazier since I've gotten into keyboards. It's like, oh, well, yeah. guitar. But that's kind of its own world is good manipulating the guitar. Whereas a, a synth, you sound like a spaceship with like one knob. Yeah, turn, you know it's like so much easier you, yeah. you start baseline at what takes like 200 knob turns on guitar to get anywhere near that sound in in sometimes you a guitar or a regular just acoustic bass or something just sounds heavier just yeah. it sounds bigger there's something about that so i'm all for trying to figure out what fits what i'm listening to at all times but yeah cool um as i got older i started thinking about plugins and vsts and like i was always in bands yeah um so i was let's in a band. actually um reel that back to the beginning when did you first start playing music uh so i was six six yeah. years old when i started playing guitar um but if i was like walking around the house with an acoustic that was before like f before i can really put a year on it like there's videos okay. of me in a diaper walking around with a guitar right um and before i played music i'd like draw album covers and like have fictional song titles yeah and i'd, I'd want to write them i'd want to make them yeah. um and i'll uh, that's still my method today I'll, I'll make some art with like ai or something and then yeah like okay this is the art i must soundtrack now or something it's oh, always cool. been kind of reversed <laughs> for me because uh, uh, yeah you can because you can make art in like 15 seconds now i don't have to pay somebody yeah, um, yeah. versus pay i mean and granted if you pay somebody it's got that that wonderful human expression to it my friend alex turner did a beautiful piece for me cool. um, and that's going to be my debut album but i've made so much art with ai that you could not tell was not made by a human being that it's yeah. it's getting a little scary i'm like ooh, what's ai music gonna be like they're yeah they're really cool i, I like them and, and some of them like the one there's one discord has called mid journey that's I get yeah, that's yeah the one really really intimidatingly good. Um, yeah. I've made some really cool stuff with it, so it's 
Um, I, I like to kind of see it as soundtracking the visual art, but I'm not a very good visual artist, so technology is kind of brought me there oh nice um and there's a lot of ways that like techno the reason i got into the the launch pad is it has a scale mode right so you can just get rid of the the other keys so it, it came back to that getting to cheat thing with yeah, guitar yeah. so um uh, you know going back to just like formative stuff i i didn't want to play piano right for whatever reason I, I i didn't like that i couldn't move yeah or whatever but the drums you can't move and i wanted to do that all yeah, the you're, time. You're a great drummer. Thanks. When thanks. did you first start playing drums? Uh, when I was uh, probably nine or ten, like right started gotcha. like hitting the drums, and then um, like I'd play with like my essentially big brother Alex Mandel or yeah. anyone like that, just at in the community. It'd be like, you want to learn something? I, I'd I'd taken like one or two drum lessons, right? Um, but I've taken lots of unofficial kind of. Like, let me show you this one thing lessons yeah, from lots yeah. of amazing drummers. So yeah, yeah. I, I, it's more about just like listening to a lot of people. And I have a very undisciplined approach. Like if I record something and then give it to somebody with any modicum of training, they're like, oh, well, that's kind of all over the place. But right, right, it was right. really hard to learn. So cool. Like what, however, whatever floats your boat, like right, whatever yeah. makes it sound good is, is kind of what I'm most excited about with drums. So, I, yeah, probably like nine or ten but it, it probably lasts like two teaching drums is what's like you got to teach beginners and then they get pretty good yeah. pretty fast suddenly and it's like oh you're doing everything that i showed you and more so now i have to get better at the drums to not be wasting your time so it's yeah, like that that sure. helps yeah. a lot too so yeah it's like we were talking about b before with the teaching is it, it it pushes you to be a better musician you know you don't want to you don't you don't want to be a fraud in one sense. And then in, in another sense, um, it's just, it, I guess it just highlights different things that you'd, you had, you know, you hadn't thought about. I always bring this up on the podcast. Um, when I first came into teaching, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome, which wasn't warranted because I was perfectly good enough to teach, but it was just a kind of like a thing in the back of my head. And, um, and Justin said to me, and it's the best piece of advice I've ever been given, I must have said this 10 times on here, is find out what they don't know and teach them that. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> and ever since then, I've just been like, fine, you know, like, so, like that was just the missing piece, of, you know. And instead of like really worrying about the th one thing that they're amazing at, figure out the things that they aren't good at and help them on with that, you know. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Right? Like that, yeah. that, the learning the difference between practicing and playing like how yeah. how good are you are at that thing that I've heard you play 20 times during this lesson just noodling around like you're probably fine at that what about that other thing I gave you two weeks ago that I haven't heard you play once how yeah, good are you at that yeah. oh yeah exactly <laughs> and I was that student too like I, I, I hate like certain things like I, I'm a decent trumpet player, but I, yeah. I didn't want to take, like, my lips would hurt. I didn't want to take the time with the embouchure. Yeah. Um, learning the theory was always annoying to me. I was like, my ear's better. I can learn it faster just by listening to it than having to, like, take the time to really, like, write this all down. And it was also just this whole other world of music oftentimes. Like, if I'm playing trumpet on, like, a School of Rock song, it was, like, a Zappa song or something. Sure. So it's, like, jumping from, like, not playing trumpet to... Zappa. So yeah, it's like yeah. I can I can oddly play some really weird hard stuff on trumpet, but not yeah. like by ear, twinkle twinkle or anything. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah. Very, certain instruments I can I can just I've got a good ear, I can slow it down and speed it up. And like that was the biggest tool that I've learned through like the last couple of years. I was like, oh, 
slowing it down makes it easier. Yeah, Speeding yeah. it up. And if you can play it faster than the speed of the song, you're ready for a drummer. Yeah, there you go. You know, there's a good 5 10% speed above. You know, Something that James always says, who's the, the, the banjo player in Kilbillies, but also has his own band, um, Butch and the Fat Dudes, BFD, they go by now. Um, uh, anyway, wh- one of the things that he always says is, if you don't know the words perfectly or the guitar perfectly, you're messing both up when you play. You know what I mean? It's like if, if you're standing in front of everybody and what... Uh, uh, and and you've got all the lyrics perfectly memorized, but like haven't really figured out what's going on, on guitar. You'll screw up the lyrics because you'll be thinking about <laughs> guitar, and vice versa. You yeah, know, you've got to make yeah. sure. And, and something that I, uh, in another way though, something that I've found is that one of the best ways to learn something is to mess it up once live, and then you know it forever after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, nev- I'll never lose my voice again. I mean. <clears throat> Based off my own being stupid on tour or something, I'll, ne- I'll never lose my voice again. Do it, oh, do yeah. it one time. You know, natural causes or whatever. That's a different situation. I've seen singers that I I know it's not their fault that they're suddenly like I can't. My voice is shot, man. It's like yeah. the weather or whatever. It's it. <laughs> it's the human body, just like anything else. So it's going to react. But in terms of me just doing silly things with my <laughs> voice, not not going to happen again because it happened. I mean, on, yeah. I guess technically, if you go on tour, unless you make a whole boatload of money, you're kind of paying to be there. Yeah. Anyway, it's like it's a it's you tour, and I'm so I haven't booked much tour. You know, I, I've toured a bunch with my band Thoughts, yeah. um, and the, my band before that, Jumbo Shrimp. We we left Florida a lot, and we left South Florida a lot. Oh, really? But we did. Yeah, but we didn't like. Tour. So he was in Jumbo Shrimp. Let's give some people some shout. Yeah. Outs. So Jumbo Shrimp. Uh, so uh, Jumbo Shrimp was myself. Dylan Thomas. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to name everyone that was in it because yeah, we had it, a couple it. people come and go through the years. But uh, myself, Dylan Thomas, Angel Lizer. Yeah. What's up, Angel? Uh, John Cardillo III. Yes, John. Uh, Walker McMillan. Yeah. And Austin Cluen. Right. Um, yeah. And that was a the five-piece lineup with Austin. He was killer on sax. Austin's amazing. Um, we had two saxophone players at the time. It was Really? Who was the yeah, other well, Dylan, Dylan oh, that's is an right, amazing cool. saxophone player too. Did they used to do parts together and stuff? We we had a couple where they would harmonize. Yeah, but then we would lose the advantage of five people and we're basically a trio with two horns, which right. was still cool. Yeah. Um but with our stuff it was so layered plus horns that it, it yeah. kind of lost that feel so I was like okay, both of you trade. Like we we did a killer shout cover and they would both take like a long sax solo but could you um, could jumbo shrimp do the kind of full three hour kind of type sets we, we would do like an hour and a half two right i think we probably did a three yeah um in our final lineup like right. the, the lineup we had so with with myself dylan walker and and angel that was a super jammy lineup so we might not have three hours of material sure but we can play, play three we can play out. for three we, we played copper blues a couple times like okay. the late nights <laughs> slot i think that was a two-hour slot for us um, right. we played it during the day and i think i think it was three but it was like i don't think angel could make that gig so i was on bass and it was like right. a very thrown together three hours so we we would do stuff like that yeah thoughts did it almost exclusively at a certain point that was oh, kind really? of our bread and yeah i loved playing gigs like that as long as we can still play our stuff, um, yeah. and I'd love to do. I mean, that's kind of what I want to do with my set. I can. I mean, I played small a couple nights ago. I did not stop for three hours. Like, yeah. I just don't. I, I'll take a sip of water, but the music, something's still going. I, I'm, that's I'm, cool. 
I think I, I talk too much in general. So if I if I have a microphone, uh, suddenly I, I there's this voice in my head telling me to shut up the whole time. Right, right, right. And that just makes everything I say sound awkward as hell. So right, maybe right. I could have something rehearsed, but then that's not genuine either. Right. Um, and so every like show's different. Going. Yeah, I just keep it going, and and the set. Every song has an intro and an outro, and I can just kind of blend between them, and I that's what works best for me so far, at least. Uh, subject to change, maybe I don't know. You know, you're a, uh, a quite a unique sort of case in the, it, for this question, but um, one of the things that I ask is like, how was your was your family supportive, and and what were your <laughs> early what what were your early um, kind of musical influences and how did it all affect you but of course you essentially grew up in a music school yeah so i was already playing with mike kerr at jupiter music at the time when i was like six that was my first guitar teacher really mike was yeah mike that's yeah that's how that's how we found mike i I still can go to mike and be like what's this does this pedal sound good and he's still the absolute he's mike's the the guy i I heard about ableton live from first too just at various points just just a killer musician and like a cool influence to have yeah. um, around. But I was with him already and my dad loved that he was, Saturday was like our day. Right. You know, I'd, we'd go get my lesson and then we'd go to Dune Dog. Right. Uh, and just like, that was my Saturday every week. It was like my cool thing with dad. So uh, he liked that he got to see me grow up through music. And my mom did too. It just wasn't the activity I got to do with her. She'd be like, are you practicing? You know, right, Put the gotcha. timer on for 10 minutes. Like make sure I'm actually... Are you practicing or is that just random stuff? Yeah. Are you doing what Mr. Mike asked you to do? Um, so they, they, they wanted me to be good at music because they want me to be good at something. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I tried soccer. I tried, I was very, very bad at soccer. Um, <laughs> I, I did t-ball for a while once my dad couldn't be my, my coach. I didn't really want to do it. I did coach pitch. Right, right. Um, I'm also left-handed, and they were. I was like right on the precipice of kid pitch. Right. They apparently whack lefties. That's what I heard. It's right, not right, intentional. Right. It's just how it goes. And I, uh, no thanks. Right. I'm too short for basketball. Football's scary. Yeah, Hockey, yeah. <laughs> equally scary. Like all the sports just didn't seem like my thing. Yeah. Um, and I ended up doing like sort of running. <laughs> and there's this really silly game called fives, right? Which is basically handball. And and all the people that didn't really want to play sport, that's what they played in England. Yeah. Uh, like at, at my school, you had to wear this glove. And uh, and they, uh, it's, th- it's such a weird game, right? That it's like a squash court or a racquetball court, except in the middle of the court, there's like a piece of buttress sticking out because it's meant to emulate the side of um, a wall uh, in Eton, like the, the school okay. of Eton. So, so it's not even... The, the court just makes no sense, basically. It just has this <laughs> thing sticking out in the middle of it. And, um, yeah, it, and only, like, posh people play it because it's just, <laughs> like, a thing for, like, private school thing. And so that was the, if you didn't want to do any sport, you could do that type of sport, and that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was I was a really just, like, I don't know, sports weren't my thing. I did Taekwondo. It was required at my school, believe it or not. They were, yeah. like, they made, they were like, well, it's a weird little private school, and most of you guys are kind of weeby. We should probably teach you guys self-defense like okay yeah, yeah i remember hearing that very young like, you are gonna need to learn how to defend yourself at some point this is just gonna be that type of life for you <laughs> um and it was i i I, I, w- I mean i love watching mma now but i hated taekwondo as like a 
eight-year-old kid having to do it. But I didn't like anything they were trying to make me do. But I liked yeah. music. I loved my lessons. I loved practicing. Um, so my parents were always super, super supportive of that. And then well, when your, your dad, Rick, is, is uh, very knowledgeable about music and also, um, also pretty opinionated on it. How much would you say his tastes affected yours? As I've gotten older less and less right. you know like but as i was growing up like before i was even playing music like he'd be driving me to school and like first it was simon garfunkel jim croce james taylor like very nice like soothing soft rock and then it was like the beatles and the beach boys and then he's like are you ready for Ze i don't know if you're old enough for zeppelin and <laughs> right. i think you might you might be old like certain things i just I, it was kind of formative growing up very Rolling Stone magazine top, you know, 500 albums of all time, like very, yeah. um, you know, 98.7 The Gator, you know, right, right, right. Yeah. which is yeah. all. I mean, I love that that's where my formative influence kind of lies. First, like 10 years of stuff I was listening to. And I didn't really care about anything else after the place opened, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, I stopped caring about school. I was like. I don't know what I'm going to do, but like rock and roll is going to be involved and I do yeah. not need a degree for that. So why am I? Ca I'm in eighth grade. Why do I care? However, although I just don't <laughs> I don't care. Like I, I would say this to teachers like I just need a C in your class and my parents don't get mad. You went and to Bach and Dreyfus. Right? Bach and Dreyfus. And, my, and I loved school, especially yeah. because that school had like Bach less so. Yeah, but by the time I was in Dreyfus, it was like seven girls for every one guy. Like, oh my word! <laughs> if it, yeah, it's like that's incredible. Yeah, and there, it's just it's a fun. I mean, but that that's one reason to like it as a dude. Um, <laughs> but as just like a person, it's just like our motto was keep Dreyfus weird. Right. You know, they let yeah. my band play at lunch, and not all of us went there. Like, I just remember like walking around with John Cardillo. Like, I'm playing sex. This is Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon, and like. Yeah. They didn't unplug me, you know, like they yeah. probably should have. So what, um, <laughs> for that, for the un uninitiated, like, uh, so what, what is different and special about, about Dreyfus in terms of, as opposed to other schools? So I, I believe it falls under the, the category of magnet charter yeah. school, right? Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure what our deal is, but you did have to audition to go. Um, and only a perfect score is for sure in. Okay. Is the thing with how that whole lot? Maybe it's changed since I was a freshman and since I got him. But like my score, like I had friends with much better auditions than me. This always makes me feel terrible that got lotteried <laughs> out and I got lotteried in. Uh, right. um, and so that's just kind of how that goes. So I was a theater major at Dreyfus. I was a, I don't know. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. So six at Bach, I went seventh and eighth grade. I didn't get in. I, I went for vocal and trumpet. Um, and I did it. I did all right on the trumpet audition, but it was my second. And I don't think you you can't like get in on your second and not your right. first. I right, think right, like right, I don't yeah. I mean, probably it might not have been passing. Thinking about it, I don't know, but it was better than vocal. Like vocal, I I came in and played. Um, I accompanied myself on acoustic, which is not. It's like choir. So for me to, I think I did. Um, Stick song, um, fooling yourself by sticks. Right, right. On like acoustic guitar, um, and they were like, wow. That's cool. um, that was for Bach. Yeah, that was for yeah. Bach. Yeah, nice. sixth grade, like going in for sixth grade, like they're like, that's a very different audition than anything else I've seen today. <laughs> um, and it was, I mean, it was cool. Like the trumpet audition was cool <laughs> too. Um, but when I went for seventh grade, I went for theater and just for theater. I don't, I, I don't know what the deal was. I went to this summer camp called Interact, which I, I don't think, I don't think exists anymore. Um, but the 
the whole thing for me was I just like the games. There's like yeah. Freeze or Mafia or whatever. Like it's the games, right? And then right, they're like, right, no, right. you gotta like act. Um, but <laughs> I learned like, words yeah, and like stuff. I, I learned like vocal warm ups and stuff through through theater and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, it's nice. very different singing. Your daughter, you know. yeah. My daughter went to Bach, and she's actually in Dreyfus now. She's cool. gonna start uh, next week, uh, her junior year. Yeah. Sweet. So what, what's what's her major? She does communications. Cool. So she does photography cool. and all that stuff. But yeah, she absolutely loves it. And same thing. Like she says it like you know they'll have like you know some kids playing in a band that like they'll play at lunchtime and yeah. stuff like that. Um, you know, and she tells me the motto also. You know, yeah. Keep, keep Dreyfus weird. I, I know? wonder. Yeah. Like you, sh- you should ask if there's there's a club. Uh, I'll have to like send the information after and like look it up. Um, but there was a club I started that I know still does shows, or at least still did shows oh, nice. later, like yeah. a couple of years later. I don't know if they still do it, but that's that cool. Was, that was cool. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Very like I guess to, like long, long answer, like shortened, like yeah, super for the parents to the point where like that was what he like kind of made his. Thing, my dad just like a chance to see us grow you know, my sister and myself grew up through music and like my sister is a ripping shout to sit uh, yeah r- what's up ri- ripping <laughs> ripping bass player ripping trumpet player um like really good teacher intuitively like just like certain things like i'm just like i noticed like familial similar like similarities it's just cool yeah uh, like okay, we can both teach. You know, I taught Sid for a long time. Yeah, yeah she's a sweetheart. She's yeah, cool. she's sweet and she's like super just. Down to earth. Yes. She's got some yeah. grit to her. Yes, down to earth, but with, with some grit. That's a good description. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's just like, she's been like that pretty much since birth. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, it's cool. Like, I, I, I think, like, just in general, like, the family is super supportive. And, like, the the community in South Florida has always been really supportive for me. You know, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't been here long enough to try and play Sunfest next year, but, like, both my bands were fortunate enough to play Sunfest at yeah. points growing up, and that was like, I don't know, my Dreyfus is like right there. Yeah. So to be a high, like a high schooler, like I played like right over there, you know, like <laughs> yeah. walking around, just like it was just cool. It like it was one of those things I really, I really enjoyed growing up here as a musician. Sure. And then I went to Philly, and I yeah. love yeah, Philly's super cool. So you, um, when you went up to Philly, you um, you were living with. Angel, right? And you were yeah. pushing your band Thoughts at the time. Yeah, so, and we, we moved up with my f- our former drummer, Roman Condi, as well. Right, yeah. Who, yeah, so Thoughts pretty much had Roman, Angel, and myself for the, the whole period of the band. Like, different... How long were you together? So, uh, Thoughts, pretty much Angel and I exited Sh- Jumbo Shrimp in the summer of 2017. Like, I graduated How high school. How old were you at the time? I guess 18. Um, gr- okay. She was 19. Um, and the main reason for that, like, there was, like just petty band drama stuff but like i i I recorded with dylan and walker like two nights ago it's not we got over that really quickly after we weren't in a band with each other it was just one of those things yeah you know it's like i want to tour man i want to go on tour and you're still in high school for like years i'm not waiting till summertime to go on tour man and tour (laughs) tour is cool if you saved up for it and you got food and and all that like <laughs> tour my first tour was crazy we like it was Angel's Hyundai Sonata which is not a big car with a car topper yeah yeah um and Mitch Nilo was also in our band for a while he plays uh, keys and bass around but he was just keys right um for us so we were a four piece at various points and we still squeezed into that car as a four piece yeah, too man. 
that was a fun tour. I've been uh, there. Yeah. We actually did a, a tour in a car just last week, except it was a huge car. It was a huge car. <laughs> yeah. Just, almost just shy of a bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've been there, mate, in the in the little cars touring around. It's yeah, a good and time. Like the, the kick drum needed to be its <laughs> own seat. Yeah. And the only way we could do it was putting it in the front seat. So it's like the driver and then three in the back seat. <laughs> it was nice and um, cozy. Yeah. <laughs> cozy. You get to know each other really well. So but what ended up happening with Thoughts? Um, did, like, uh, is A, is the band still a thing? And B, um, what did you release? Were you on any labels or anything like that? Yeah. So, so Thoughts was on two labels. Um, and, and this kind of happened with Shrimp, too. But with Shrimp, it was more me being like, I wrote songs and I want my songs. And like just right. like little just Pe- bang, you know just like admittedly very petty stuff in the moment but like it wasn't anger it was just like i want to go on tour and i still want to play these songs and i don't want to kick people out i'd rather just quit and you guys can have everything else take the facebook page but i want my songs okay which if anything is the the like the move john fogarty would have tried to make you right, know it's right. like i wrote the yeah um it's just one of those things but with with thoughts it was much more of like a prolonged thing like a, a lot of it comes down to like i mean angel and i st- uh, i started jumbo shrimp with dylan when i was in eighth grade yeah um and not even 13 i think it was a thing before i even met you yeah you know, like we wanted to record but we'd been doing enough stuff to have an ep ready yeah you were pretty new to the school when we started that recording it was yeah. like one of those things so i think yeah i think eighth grade and the band like started and then we took summer off like someone was out of town for summer or something so i didn't Something was going on. We didn't have a band, and I was doing like acoustic shows. Um, and then I was like, I want to play with a drummer. Like I was having Mandel and Rocky, uh, Alex Mandel, Rocky Rucker. Shout out. Yeah. Um, they they were my Jets, so to speak. Uh, Benny and the Jets. Um, yeah. They would like come and like I would do acoustic, and then they'd play like the last like four or five songs with me. We'd do like I'm a Believer. Yeah. And Good Times, Bad Times, or something. It was. That's it a hell was of cool. a rhythm section. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Just a absolutely. They made me sound so good. I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I could just just like not played and sang only and they would have been still really good um yeah just yeah hell of a rhythm section um and i was just like playing all my own stuff or they would like listen to me play and just play like we didn't rehearse really they were just incredible listeners when they play um and so that was cool but i wanted to they're you know they're not going to start a band with me i'm 12 and sure you know it's like <laughs> maybe you know maybe when i got a little older like mandela and i've al- always fun. had fun recording with each other when we're but it's always like let's we got that one beat we've been working on for like eight years you know it's stuff like that we've never put any of it out mm. or finished recording any of it but a lot alex of has a ton of music just he has just so like much music yeah. Yeah, yeah. and i've been telling him for so long that i love 90 percent of this yeah and the 10 percent is a matter of taste yeah like other people are gonna love a different 90 percent of this and there's right. nothing you can do about it yeah. there's like stop just stop tweaking it put it out because yeah. this is like gonna eat away at like this is what this is why i want to put a song out a week all year because the i took the songs with with shrimp i took them as a power ego trip move but with thoughts we were just in the midst of a label re-release, so we were right. on Mint 400 Records, right? Um, and they, the first EP was just Angel and myself, and then we did two EPs and a bunch of singles with them and right. an album with them, right? Which was what we owed them per 
Like it wasn't like a ten year contract or Did something. Did they pay for recording or anything like that? I mean, they w- maybe would have. Is it mostly uh, just the? It was like uh, radio promo promotion, and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. college radio promo. I mean, essentially, labels—that's what they are now, isn't it? They're glorified promotions companies. There's, a, you know, yeah. the physical aspects of it, or the recording costs. I mean, do they even? Is there any that even do that? Maybe you got signed by Warner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. apart from that, you know. Yeah, I mean, and and I know one guy signed to Warner, and it's more of like a. You know, they they might have given him an advance, and then there's still he'll like invoice them Airbnbs if he goes somewhere to record, okay. so he can just experience the locale or whatever. But he's still doing it with the same setup that he was doing it before he signed with Warner Brothers. Right, you, know, you got to be signable by Warner Brothers, yeah, for them to want to sign you in the first place. Yeah, you, it, you, they, you need it. to not need them for yeah, them the, to really the want DIY you. aspect of music has almost become de rigueur at this point. It's like. That's you know yeah people are looking to people are looking to jump onto a finished product that's already working yeah know? yeah I mean to to develop an artist is a it's not a fifty fifty chance yeah it's it's not I mean yes technically it either works out or it doesn't so it's a fifty percent chance but it's really like one in I mean in millions worldwide it's crazy you know and it's, there's and so many people doing it themselves yeah. very well that why yes. wouldn't you just grab one of those yeah exactly yes. And I and I also think it's never and this is this to me is a good thing. Anytime people look, it's a pro and a con. I'm like, no, it's just a pro. The, it, it's never been easier to make music or put it out. Yeah, I mean, it it costs me more to put out four covers. So I'm putting out a couple cover songs in a couple weeks. Um, I'm doing a I did Ooh Baby Baby, The Miracles, Smokey oh, Robinson. Cool. Um, they're all like synth out and stuff. But I did a whole lot of love. Which is like probably my favorite of the four. I did I did a group cool. of four of them, uh, Baba O'Reilly and um, I know I'm losing you. The Temptations. I'm looking forward um, to hearing Baba O'Reilly. Yeah, that's Baba, Baba's fun. Yeah, yeah. Baba's fun. Um, it's probably the most sim of all of them. It's the most similar. Okay. To to the actual. Well, because there's a lot going on. There yeah, it's very synthy. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh, to kind of like circle back to the whole like how much did your dad's opinion on music? You know, like my dad hated the '80s. You know, it's right. just like the synths. Ruined music, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think that opinion's, you know, he, he, not n- always. You know, he'll admit Purple Rain's a masterpiece. Right. You know, jumps a great. You know, start, the synth doesn't universally mean it's worse. Yeah. You know, sure. but uh, I had to learn that myself, kind of. You know, like there's great hair metal songs out there. Yeah. I, I had to learn that from my own, you know, forming an opinion. And yeah, but do, spending all this time teaching the last over a decade teaching. It really has worn the rough edges off my kind of musical sort of snobbery. It's like, yeah. you know, you, if you met me 15 years ago and said, in 15 years, there will be some Journey songs that you like, I would have been like, nope, not happening. They Sorry. got some bops, man. <laughs> <laughs> talking about, man. No shame. Hey, Journey's a jam. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I I, yeah, but I was just too much of a... Like a punk, I was like, no, you know, <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, you I don't know. know. I'm, I'm stop I'm, believing I'm, that. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad I got past that. Like a couple years ago, like I've got High School Musical in my Bob's playlist, right next to the Roots. Yeah, right yeah. next to exactly whoever yeah. you know. It just doesn't a Bop's a Bop. A good yeah. song is really good. I, I was, I, you know, I, I was so concerned with what I didn't like, and you know, so someone occasionally used to say to me a, g- a close friend of mine was like well t- tell me something you do like you know like turn it round you know and yeah. and and that was i think the teaching and just getting older and and, and ha- having more life experiences really helped me to just open up my musical set i think this is really anything you know 
stylistically that I won't listen to and and I'm more likely to like something than not or find something in it that I do like you know yeah yeah I mean I, I think it just being open open-minded with your ears yeah is great like I, I listened to open-eared sh- yeah just I listened <laughs> to um like Spongle for the first oh, time hell a yeah, couple nights there. ago that's just like that's my people they're like from how did where you know? I went to school in Dawson really and, yeah, yeah. really but just like I mean some of the most crazy listening I've ever had like listening to it on headphones and then watching some of the live stuff and it's like this is so outside of the realm of what I, I thought I would enjoy, you yeah. know, and I did. It it just appeared in my you know the corner, you know. It's like there's there's these little far reaches of the internet now with YouTube and things like that. Like, you know, I I'd, I'd never listened to like '90s drum and bass breaks or anything. Sure. And like suddenly, like there's like 20 different channels with all these modern drum and bass producers like appearing on my YouTube. Yeah. Because I watched one synth video, and the guy used this one drum pattern that's kind of drum and bassy, and then it. It all kind of circles around, and you, you suddenly the algorithm picks up, and you like drum and bass because yeah, that's yeah. kind of it. And that's kind—I mean, I, I sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes it's a good thing to some people. But for me, it—it it hopefully just—it's just, not—it's just a thing. Like, just need to harness it. Some like, kind of like true players. Harness the power hole. of the algorithm if you can. Fi- I haven't figured it out, and maybe I won't. Like, maybe that's up to someone else to harness good on them. But, yeah. like, I, I'm just going to keep putting stuff out, and hopefully one of them is on the related of some big video or yeah. something. And, and, and that's, well, that's what know, happened you know? with th- this podcast at one point. We we just hit a vein. And, yeah. and, and, like, for a few of the episodes, we were getting multiple tens of thousands of views. And um, I don't know why or how or... You know, it did it stay around? No. You know, will it come back? Hopefully, you know. But it's just, uh, who knows why that happened? I don't, and you know. hope you keep people yeah. from those waves. You know, yeah, if you yeah, get totally. like 30 active viewers from that that are like, I'm going to click every yeah. time. I, you know, it's it, it's it takes a couple of times to see your name on on there before they want to click again. Yeah, we have, yeah. Picked, up, then, we have picked up a lot of followers in the last, I would say, like two months. Yeah, yeah. we have. Yeah, which like is really real good. ones as opposed to the the just the random glut of views that we got in yeah. that one point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we actually got, yeah, we got some followers from that too. We did, from we did, yeah. yeah. That was just a, such a weird thing. It was like we were, uh, I don't know, Hector called me one day and he's like, um, I don't know why, but the, like the last week's video has like, 30,000 views in like three days. And we're like, yeah, it was crazy. what? It was crazy. Are we yeah. famous? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were, we were, I was like, Ben, did you buy views? He's like, yeah. no. I'm like, I didn't buy views. I don't know what's going on. And that, and that just kept happening. And yeah. It kept yeah. happening. And every video that was coming out was like 20, 30, 40,000 views. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You find like, the algorithm. And, yeah. and, it, and there's, I've had students explain to me, like, well, you just haven't found the TikTok algorithm, but you just need to make them watch like up to six seconds of the video and they'll stay. It's like, oh, so. They're not. They see my face, and they're like, "Oh, he's about to play music." Yeah. Scroll <laughs> like I have to already sound good immediately. That's right, part, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like we, it's it's a bite size. So market. you're doing a lot yeah. of TikToking, are you? Nah, no, nah. nah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> so I, what I'll do is I'll I'll upload the artwork to TikTok in like a kind of fitting the TikTok dimensions, and then DistroKid uploads it to TikTok in preview form for you. Gotcha. So then you can just add it as the actual audio, and then they know that it's the actual song in the video. But I, I don't, I'm, I, it's there for completion sake, just so I can sure. say yes, I'm on TikTok. Like I have yeah. a Twitter, but I, I don't tweet. You know, I, I've, yeah, I've reshared. Same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I, I've reshared like 
There's this producer named Bad Snacks. She's like synth violin. Um, and just in general, her YouTube channels taught me a lot about just sound design and things. But she runs her violin through all these pedals and like distortion and like really makes it sound crazy. And like every time she shares some like tweet something, that's the only thing I'll share her. her <laughs> right, right. It's always like producer things. And it's like it hits me in the heart a little bit too hard. It's like, well, you're not really a producer unless you have 300 plus unfinished Ableton yeah. projects or whatever. <laughs> the joke is that, was. Is that like, what yeah. you use? What what um what what door do you use? So recently, it's been Ableton. Um, mostly, I I'll do some. I most like a lot of my mixing is right in the moment with Ableton. I don't like mixing in post with it. So okay. I, I just get levels right, and then if I don't hear the vocal, and it doesn't, and if I can't hear things, and I'll ask my girlfriend if it sounds clear. Like, like do you hear the little bloop de bloop on the right side of the ear? Right, on that one right. part, I don't really care if it sounds muddy elsewhere. Just I want that you one very that specific. Do you hear that part? Right. Um, and and I like those mixes way better. But if it's something that I can't get the mix right, I'll mix with Logic because that's what I started with, and yeah. that's what I'm like most. It's really mixing with. I'm comfortable with Logic. Yeah, me too. Um, and Logic also, if I'm not getting the vocals right, Logic has a immensely better take system than Ableton's take system. Right. So you can just go. I'll do like five to ten takes just all the way through and then yeah kind of comp a vocal with ableton i just get it right and so it, it either way it's it, it makes me work differently but sure mostly ableton um have you ever learned how to use pro tools yeah so palm beach state has a recording arts program so i, I did take like four classes for that and that was all pro tools i'm pretty uh, clumsy that was cool. in that we we actually got our album recorded in it and we're having yaz um uh, Yaz, uh, a guy who works here at Live Music, yes. and uh, you know Yaz very well. Yeah, don't you? yeah, yeah. Yaz. I've known Yaz a long, long time. Yeah, and um, we're having him get it out of Pro Tools for us because I'm don't know my ass from my elbow in it. To be honest with you, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay, but it's just certain, you know I don't want to mess it up and accidentally. I it. I'm of the belief that they made Pro Tools just hard enough that you have to kind of get an official course somewhere. Gotcha, or spend right? Spend an yeah. extra time. They made it just hard enough. It's not. It's like everyone that uses it that knows it is like uh, Logic's for creating music or whatever, and Pro Tools is for recording music, and that's like the tagline they always say. And I'm like, I think whatever you're comfortable with the workflow in is great for recording music. Yeah, and exactly. whatever you can record the audio into, that's great. But yeah, just whatever. So if Ableton is comfortable for me. The Force that I use for my live sets is has a lot of synths in it too. So. I've made stuff with that, and what's cool is you can load that right into Ableton. So right. the file just goes right in. Um, I use some groove boxes too. Like Roland has um, an MC101, which is really cool. It's like a little clip launcher. Like I can like throw it in my backpack. It's battery powered. Nice. Um, but it's like Roland sounds, so yeah, it's, yeah. it sounds yeah. really good. That's cool. Um, uh, but for the most part, like I, I just it's just been Ableton or right. or the GarageBand app on my phone. Oh, there like, you go. There's a lot of beats or like the the I won't do the vocals on there. I won't do like audio, but there's like MPE support. You can bend with it. Like there's certain things where it's like, wow, I'd need like a Roly Seaboard or something to get this. Yeah. So I've made like whole beats where it's like I just want to like sit down and make a beat for the next 20 minutes and I make the whole song. It's whatever's fastest and most comfortable. I don't really care, but I do the vocals. When you're releasing stuff um, for the public, um, are you mastering it? A little bit. If I don't like how it sounds, I'll master it. Gotcha. Um, which is often. So like I'll, I've, I've tried, like I have a friend, Anthony. Uh, Anthony got up and 
I think he's in Jersey now, but I met him in Philly. Um, he did some mastering for me. Um, and in the past with bands, I've had um, uh, his name's Daniel Colombo, who I met through Scott Gaylor, who I think Scott came on, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Scott, times, yeah, Scott's yeah. like one of my longtime mentors, yeah, and just like a second, homie, man. He's like a cool second guy. father to me. Yeah. Um, and like a lot, Scott kind of co-mastered and mixed with Daniel once for me too with Thoughts. So yeah. I've used Daniel a couple times. My friend Chase Benson, who I met yeah. through School of Rock, has uh, mastered for me a little bit, but. Oftentimes, I'll just like throw a limiter on the master bus and just gotcha. turn it up. I'm like, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Let's do it on the phone. Okay. Like, I know whatever the proper way is is cool. It's great to know that, and I'll pay someone to do that. That's learned that. Yeah. But provided it sounds good, I, I'm happy. I that, get it. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. I, so. Sometimes I don't need to, and sometimes it doesn't sound bad when I lazily try to do it. Yeah. Um, I tried that Lander thing once too. Right, Lander right. worked, but it was like obscenely loud. Um, so I didn't. I could have made it quieter, but then it didn't. I didn't notice any real. I've been all about the isotope know. plugins and just trying to get you know do yeah. it like that. That's yeah. where I'm at. It'll right. it'll be. It's that's probably like my next thing that I get into because yeah. it's time to stop buying synths for a while. And stop <laughs> buying guitars. It's like I'm done. It's so like what do you got is with regard to synths then? Have you got some interesting ones? So yeah, a couple. So the Behringer Poly D is my current kind of um, the one that I'm exploring the most because it's basically a, a, a Model D right. but with a fourth oscillator okay. and you can make it polyphonic. Yeah. So it, it's weird because if you play one note, they all share a bunch of stuff within the architecture that a true polyphonic synth wouldn't. Right. So if you play one note and then you play the next note, it plays both notes. It's yeah, always yeah, so yeah. that that could be something that really pisses me off, but I've just been kind of using it on purpose as yeah. kind of a as a tool. So that's really cool. The um DeepMind 12 is really cool by Behringer. It's really underrated. Yeah. Um and it's super there's like the, I want a polyboot by Arturia really bad or at least I did. It's like twenty seven hundred dollars or something yeah. ridiculous. Since since it's like I have friends where it's like, but dude, you could buy a boat with that money. Like seriously, like yeah. could buy a boat with a <laughs> moat, not a canoe, like a boat with a motor and like maintain it for a little bit, like with that money. Yeah. Um, like a Moog one's like eight thousand dollars used, like minimum. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I want expensive. that. So I really we, want we that. We were trying but, to uh, get a, uh, we were trying to get an eight oh eight for um for Hector because he wanted to do an eighties project and um. And I was saying, you, instead of using a looper, it'd be really neat if you had like a vintage synth, you know, like drum machine next to him and he played yeah. along with that. But then he was looking at like the actual vintage ones and then, you know, they're like 20 grand. Yeah, or something yeah like they're an old stupid expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, I had, I mean, back in the day, back in the 80s, I mean, I had, I had synths and stuff and I mean, I played them quite a bit and like I had an old like Yamaha DX7 and stuff and you look those things up now and they're like, like you said, I probably bought that back then for like $700 and it was like a steal back then Yeah. and now they're probably like 20 grand, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't get them. You know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool. I'm glad Behringer exists. There's yeah. like this whole debate as to where you are on like the moral side of that argument, but yeah. um, I don't care. I can't well, afford the real companies. I'm not a big fan of their guitar pedals, you know? but I have to say some of the other stuff they do is great. I think the synths are great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some uh, maybe the quality control is not as good as a $1,200 sequential or something, yeah. but yeah. I can't afford a $1,200 sequential. <laughs> um, they're really cool. Like that. They're really, really, really amazing sounding, and there they're iconic. There was a time when Behringer you know? was terrible. Yes, that time has sure. passed. They, they make decent stuff Yeah, now. they do. Yeah. That, ti that time is gone. It's more of like a 
are they stealing pro- like right, you know yeah, yeah. property law copyright all that jazz but right. um like the micro korg is a really cool synth i've made I a bunch of stuff with the micro korg like too, a yeah. bunch i love that thing um yeah, there, yeah. there's there's a couple of bass presets in there that rip like way harder than anything i've managed to program myself on yeah. like big mogs or anything it's just astoundingly cool sounding so that that is kind of my oddly enough it's like a r- weird bread and butter thing but um Recently, those are those have all been like kind of at the schools since I've been back in town. Um, I just kind of got places I can go play loudly late at yeah, night yeah. at either location where wherever I am, I can just rec- I can either come in earlier, stay after, and just record. Um, yeah. But at home, I've got my live setup basically, and then uh, Yamaha makes a Reface like the Reface series keyboards. They're little. There's a Reface CS synthesizer. It's like the white one of that series. Right. It's really simple. It's ten voices, and it's amazing. Like I have yeah, yet cool. to find a, a thing in it, a sound in it that I don't like. It can do. It takes like three seconds to make a sound in it, so there's no need for presets. Yeah. So I might start bringing that to shows at some cool. point soon because that one's really cool, and the morphing aspect of it is really cool. So that's the synth that I'm kind of. I don't want to go too off like into synths, but that's the one that I I feel. Like I, I can make it sound really quickly. Like the way, yeah, like I okay. Like yeah. actually design a sound where every other synth I have, like the Deep Mind's amazing, but there's so much you can do with it that I feel like I can't do anything. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, it's almost so overwhelming. Yeah, the presets yeah. are great, so then I just tweak them. Yeah. And that's great too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with just using presets. Like it's not that no one's gonna know that you used preset R eight on a Deep Mind like tw- like no one who like I have to kind of remind myself of that the more I do, especially <laughs> electronic music. There um, are people out there who care, but are they, are they, you know, does it matter? You know, there's well, like eight sure. people in the world. Sure, who care, <laughs> and, and and if they, especially if you just add, I add a lot of synth layers on my stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially with once it's EQ'd and uh, yeah, it's true. It's so far away from sounding like it did over the speakers in the in the DAW when they hear it on their phone speakers yeah. anyway no that's absolutely um, true like there there's so many I, i'm a big plug-in person so i use the synths because i'm trying to get better at keyboards yeah. that's like my yeah. current thing with them cool. um but if i need to like shred or something Do you still practice your instruments at home yeah yeah every yeah. day I, I mean i play i mean i teach guitar a lot i teach drums a lot but i play guitar for me every day for at least Great. a half hour um and i play launch pad every day for at least a half hour because nice. i've got a that's like my two. I mean, I didn't play guitar in the videos, but that's kind of my two main instruments. Yeah. Um. I I've got to get better at like just working on my vocal craft a little bit more every day. You know, just being yeah. di- disciplined with that. Talking it's, of it's videos, have you have you ever made any music videos? So so thoughts had a video for Tethered, um, which was one of our one of our songs. Um, I haven't made any for myself yet. I've made lots of live live content. So I feel like I saw one where you were on a roof or something like that. Um, yeah, that's te- that's thoughts. Okay, yeah, that was gotcha. a tethered video, um, and and I I still that song's still out. Tethered by thoughts. Oh, um, cool. And I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Um, nice. Yeah. So it was a jam. Yeah, yeah it's just it's a bop. Like I, it yeah, makes yeah. me kind of want to dance. And I yeah. like when I made something that makes because I'm super judgmental of my stuff. I just right. don't. I never. I I never think it's as good as it could be. And so then you, I, I've I've kind of gotten back into this whole like well it sounds better when i stop touching it yeah you know, i just kind of let it be like that first well, take a that wise first man idea. once said a mix is never finished it's just abandoned <laughs> yeah i mean it's the more the more you tweak 
the more I tweak, at least, the more I, I kind of take it down rabbit hole. On occasion, I, I find myself with this perfect mix. I'm like, I have to do this. Yeah. Every time. I'll take the time. I'll do it. And then I'm eight hours deep, and I A-B it with mix the rough mix where I just sent it all in with just what yeah. I'd done. And it's like, in the box, and I was like, honestly <laughs> better, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not even close. You get, like, ear fatigue and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've also had it where... It, like I was in bands and like with thoughts we had one mix that we were on pass number nine yeah and and Chase who was mixing it for us my friend Chase Benson was you know he was really trying to stay calm but we're contradicting each other with the mixes and all these things so this is more of a band mix issue than a, than a me with mixing my own stuff but like I, I I remember him saying, dude, I'm going to just send you guys the first mix and see if anyone notices a difference. Yeah, yeah. And no one did. Everyone's like, wow, it's perfect. Thanks. And this was the one that we had all the notes for. Yep. Um, so sometimes that's just how, like, you're... You yeah, you build up these great, this great sort of castle in your imagination about what yeah. it is, and it's actually just based Some, on nothing. Yeah. Sometimes you're just too close to it, you know? Yes. You, you've listened to it too many times, you've sang it too many times, you've played it too many times, and then you go and you, you go back and you listen to the mix, and you, and you just start nitpick, nitpicking things that, that don't need to be nitpicked. Totally, and, and also pride starts getting in the way because you, you, you're like, if, if you start sort of being like well i want this to be a certain way you can start obsessing over it and then yeah. if someone disagrees with you and you stop buying heads for no reason you know there's yeah. all there's all these yeah. other factors than what it actually sounds like you know yeah yeah i mean and then this i mean by the time you're talking about what the sound is you're not necessarily in the mood to be talking about sure, it, you sure, know? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why they talk about my guitar tone yeah, it's yeah. my guitar. What do you mean it's muddy? I don't think it's muddy. It's my yeah. tone. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like sometimes, like if you're tired or whatever it is, it's just not. We are human <laughs> beings making art as a unit. That yeah. is, that in in and of itself is a sentence that requires pondering every time you do it yeah. to do it well. So, like, I'd love to start bands again. I'd love. I think collaboration is beautiful. But if yeah. I'm starting any band again, it's like everything's gonna be split. I'm done with the, I'm done with the band. Let's let's have fun. I'm done with yeah. the band drama shit. Like I, Absolutely. And, and everything with Killbillies is just you know just, we just split, work, man. split down the fun. middle. We just all all kind of just you know it it it's a part it's a, a team you know yeah and that's the and whole we're on the it. same team yeah. It, yeah it shouldn't I've read way too many autobiographies like the the John Fogerty one is especially like if you haven't read that it's especially riveting because it's like. His brother's on the deathbed. He's like, I I'm not forgiving you. It's like, oh, oh geez. Jesus. Like, <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, it's like, it goes that deep. You know, it's like, this is, it. and non-musicians just, like, my girlfriend doesn't understand, really. She's like, you know, you just worked, like, a seven-hour shift playing music and teaching music. Like, don't you want to not work on music right now? And it's like, well, that wasn't mine. Yeah, Now yeah, I'm, like, yeah. in the mood, and everyone's asleep, and I can just work. Yeah. She's like, but I'm here. Yeah, it's yeah. like I know, I know, <laughs> I I don't want to. You know, I have this really line. good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. You know, it's, I hear you, man. You know, it's like it's one clear. of those things, especially when you can just make it yourself. Like yeah. you can just do it, yeah. or like, but with with bands, like I I will definitely be starting groups again. Like I'll still do those, but yeah. I also think like the Crosby, Stills and Nash way is good. If you're all if you're already doing stuff separately. Yeah. Just everyone is also te technically you're all credited as a solo artist on it on every song. Yeah. You know, it's Yeah, that's a, a good way of doing it. It's, too. it's just kind of if you're someone like myself who's dropping so much solo material that it's like I 
well, about listen, stopping this, you know. Talking of your solo material, I think now would be a great juncture to listen to some of it. Does that sound like a good idea? Rock and roll. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Between you and me, the feel is just so low. 
I thought that I wasn't so held into your charms But I didn't realize you'd taken over my heart Until it was too late to start What it was, what it was Oh, everything I've said to you It's hard to believe it was all true What did I get myself into If I Taking over my heart Till it was too late to start What it was What it was Oh, I said to you It's hard to believe it was all true What did I get myself into If I Five Six One Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It's a biker bar in Sequester, and if you're driving up US One, you come across it on the right-hand side. It's a, a little bar there. It's bright yellow; you can't miss it with the handlebars on on the sign. And it has a long and storied history. It's been there. It used to be called Judy's, um, and it was run by this guy Victor, who sadly passed this year. R.I.P. Victor. And uh, then my father-in-law took it over, and he's doing a great job up there. There is a bike night every second Thursday of the month, and 
There is a jam every fourth Sunday of the month. If you're interested in that kind of thing, it's just an all-inclusive, any any kind of music, any style, any ability type of a jam. And there's great beers on tap and they're wonderful food. Bernsey, the chef, does, does a fantastic job. Um, if you're interested in classic cars or classic bikes, there's always that kind of stuff hanging around there. It attracts that sort of a crowd because it's called Handlebars Bar and Grill, so it makes sense. And, um, yeah, you should come swing by it's uh it's definitely a local spot and has a lot of character and there's people who have been going there for decades and decades it's one of those places that's um a part of the furniture in sequester and you should definitely come check it out i um booked the music for the place and love doing it and um i was a part of helping set the place up and i'm i'm a huge fan and you should anyone who is interested in biker bars, or even if you've just never been to one and you're curious about what a biker bar is about, just go and check out Handlebars Bar and Grill. We are also sponsored by Oasis Root. Now, Oasis Root Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road, and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water, and it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years it's a it's an old thing that um they used for kind of ceremonial and also um sort of ledger purposes it's meant to be something where you know that brings people together um you all take a a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that it's meant to be something to bring people together it's uh has a kind of an effect which is i guess a kind of a slightly warming effect Uh, it just kind of makes you feel nice it's not particularly intoxicating it's not like drinking alcohol so the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house it's pretty chill in there um you get all sorts of different types of carver bars some of them are more like a club you know this sort of like black light and edm playing and some of them are more like a cafe this is one of the cafe type of ones it's it's super chill in there if you're looking for somewhere to i don't know maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends it's perfect for that kind of thing there's a foosball table in there if that's your jam or baby foot as they call it in france and uh yeah jim the owner is a really cool guy and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast so thank you very very much for that jim they also do a poker night in there all sorts of things going on at oasis root carver bar 561 Music is brought to you by Live Music Community. It is a fantastic school that I work at and um, Justin Huckov runs. <laughs> and I teach here and is run by Justin Hucker, who is a fantastic teacher and also really incredible at um, just building bands and um, explaining to them everything that goes into being in a band from writing your own material to recording it to um, making videos to um, anything that can go wrong during a gig to um, picking set lists we we teach them covers here we also we also just teach them the whole business of what it's like being in a band yeah 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 I think what makes uh, live music community very unique um, you know unlike unlike uh, other uh, um, music schools and stuff is is 
in a lot of situations, you know, they you, there's a lot of musicals where you, where you learn the lessons and you learn how to play the music and stuff like that. And here they put the kids, like-minded kids that are similar ages in smaller band situations. And so they learn how to, how to write music, how to deal with bandmates, how to deal with uh, equipment going awry, um, you know, not just learn this song and play it, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's very unique. And they get to play gigs and they get to do, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's... It's you know it's learning how to be in a band and not just be a musician. Yeah, so we can you know essentially sort of send them out into the world as a unit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. And um, we do private lessons here. Um, we also record. We're recording this podcast here right now. Sure. Um, and we we do studio sessions if you want to come record your band or if you want to put together an EPK or um, just record some kind of promotional material for yourself. Yep. There's yeah. a green screen here. Um, you can do music videos here. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty pretty full service. So yeah, very all encompassing in terms of um, the multimedia aspect. Yeah, and. Um, I have to say that um, I look forward to coming into work every day. We've got a, a great team, um, and um, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, we're all good buds, and, and it, we have a good time here. So if you want to come and check it out, it's the northwest corner of North Lake and Military Trail. Yeah, live music community. Yeah, check them out. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Ben, could you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the songs that you just played us? Cool. Um, so... Those are the first two that I released this year. Um, so Capture Feelings and I Love You Bad. Um, and I think I Love You Bad lyrically was a poem right? Um, that I wrote sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, it was really, really old and it was about like being s- kind of suspicious of a girlfriend I had at the time. Um, rightfully so and eventually, but... Um, it was one of those kind of like I, I don't. This isn't a song to me yet, but a couple yeah. a couple years later, it was a song. I gotcha. felt kind of ready for so it. So you ended up being vindicated. I was right eventually. But <laughs> right, right. I felt kind of like an asshole in the moment for right. being suspicious. Like, right. Um, but th- capture feelings is sort of about like a, f- a picture is cool, and sometimes it can kind of take you back to that the feeling you had in the moment, and sometimes sure. it can't. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and it's sort of about that wish uh, to crystallize. The wish a to moment. crystallize a moment. Yeah. Like I, I moved to Philadelphia fall of 2018. Um, and two weeks before I was there, I was on swiping on Tinder like youths do. <laughs> um, and I like I met my girlfriend at the time. So I, I pretty much moved there already talking to a girl right um so it was kind of just about like dang i'm i'm, I'm here like I, I moved out and now i got a girlfriend and it's, it's all happening very fast and i wish i could kind of like crystallize this moment one day so i could just like give this to somebody so they can feel what i'm like or i can just kind of dive it, back yeah. into it whenever i want like i wish i had that yeah um because love's beautiful man like that's yeah, that's kind of what that mm-hmm. one kind of what that one's about so that's kind of why I chose to release that one first. I just I just like it um, for for that reason. Like I I, I kind of treat the song, yeah, as that kind of little portal. I don't know if it I don't know if it works necessarily every time, but sometimes it does. And I'm thinking, especially if she's there at the show and I'm doing it, like <laughs> see her and be like, "This is still ha- it's still happening." You yeah, know, that's like, great. Takes me right back. <laughs> you know, she still likes me. That's awesome. So the um, the way that you use your electronic equipment it's quite unique and organic can you tell us a little bit about 
about how about how your thought process in putting together your gear and how that all works. Yeah, and with with bands, right? Like I've started a couple bands in my past, and like those those were great. And I knew like I'm a guitar player and I'm a singer, and I write songs. It kind of made me a, an inevitable frontman in all the bands I was kind of in. Yeah. Um, so when I I wanted to kind of reach out and start making my own solo stuff. Um, originally I wanted to do an Ableton live set. Uh, I'm really into artists like FKJ. Yeah. Um, he's done some of the coolest live looping stuff. Um, and I'm not quite there yet with the level of control he's attained, but we're, we're on the way. Like we're not yeah. that far. Like we're, we're getting there. Um, but uh, sometimes I loop and I don't feel like looping. Like I, I tried a bunch of different things at gigs in Philly. Um, and anytime I'd get a call from my dad, he'd be like, how was the gig? And he's like, it was good, but I'm experimenting. I, it's not really... I don't know what I'm trying to get out of it yet, so I don't yeah. know if it successfully did or did not get that. But I hope they enjoyed what I did. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's been a lot. The gear fundamentally affects what the show kind of is well, with an electronic setup. Why don't right? we Why don't we take a look at the, your gear? Sure. Now. Sure. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Seeing as we're talking about it. Um, cool. Yeah. 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 So on the right, um, that's the the Akai Force. Yeah. Um, and it's it's similar to like an MPC or Ableton, um, Ableton Live, in the sense that each of those clips can can be each of those buttons can be a loop within, or it can be a whole song. Yeah. Um, and the main kind of mentality I have with that is that I I want to be able to jam on songs, and it's a fantastic live looping tool like yeah. a very advanced live looper that was something i noticed in your performance was that it did have a very jammy aspect to it which is something which is nice because sometimes when you see people doing electronic live things it, it seems pretty kind of um almost just you know they press go and like Repetitive. change a couple of change things. And, and change effects like and, and yeah. i've done I, I have an SB404 by Roland, which is cool. It's a little sampler, and I did two or three gigs like that, essentially, where you press it and then you put some effects on. Yeah. And to be honest, the audience, I got way more audience approaching me after the show for that gig. Talking oh, about really? The songs are great. I love your voice and uh, all this stuff. Where With the some of the looping sets I've done, I brought all this gear, and it was all like musicians like, bro, it's a sweet pedal board, man, and stuff. But no, no you know, random people that were just there being like, wow, I really like your songs. So that for a while I was trying to figure out a way to get the balance right because the the looping I would go, like I had every song set up where it's like, okay, it's got the verse and it's got the chorus and it's got the, and I have the chorus ready and the bridge ready, but I got to build up this whole big verse. um, And it just kind of kept building on that. And eventually the idea was like, I want every song in the force. So every Every song of my discography I've put out, all my beat tapes, all my covers, all my remixes, they're all in there under the same format where I've got an yeah. outro and intro, um, and they've got little snippets. So I've got like a four-bar loop from somewhere in the song. It's us- It could be the intro, but it doesn't. It, it can be anywhere. I don't really have a preference. So I can kind of keep the drums going from the outro of the last song, send it, you know, start the new melody of the new song, Maybe I'll put some echo or something, and then I can change the tempo. Yeah, till it's right. And that then, was something that fun. I liked. Where we, when you change the tempo, sort of mid set there, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's so uh, in Ableton, you there's BPM per 
seen with you. So if I press the button and launch the next song, it would change it if I told it to. Yeah. Um, but I kind of uh, you can't do that on the force. But I like as time gone has gone on. I've just I'm looking at it not as a limitation, but just part of the way you transition between songs. You know, yeah, it just kind of yeah. gives me that element. The launch pad is cool because it's just handling control of the synth sounds over yeah. with the force. But I just pick it up over USB, which is great. Um, yeah. it, it's it's basically a little mobile DAW, if you will, a little mobile recording studio. Right. Um, and I've brought that all over the world with me, so it's a little uh, dinged up. Like I've had that a couple years, so every time I've kind of gone anywhere, I usually take it with me because it's you just don't i i kind of see the force itself i could do all the instrumentation the same exact way on the force the way right. i do on the launch pad but it's it very just frees up a it. hand yeah it just yeah. frees up a hand a little bit and, and allows me to control all my navigation with the force and then all right. my notes with with the launch pad I, th I think the way you were you were playing it was uh pretty impressive you know you're very fluent Thanks, on boss. It. Yeah, yeah it's uh it's it's similar to guitar but it is a little different where you kind of you kind of get used to it over time but yeah it i like i i was attracted to it because of the colors yeah, right, right, just, right. it looks cool it looks fun to, it looked fun to play it looks intriguing to me in a way that it, now piano is now yeah. that i've done that like it's taken a couple years mostly because synthesizers can be very aesthetically pleasing sometimes sure. sometimes there's a woo that I don't even want to play it. I just want to look at it. Some yeah, of them are so totally. pretty. It's like a car or something. I would never want to drive you. I just want to yeah. touch you. Um, yeah. But with, I think with the, a certain combo, like I could, I have another MIDI controller that's all like button, like it's knobs you can press. Right. Uh, MIDI Fighter makes it's called the Twister, um, and that the Force is very powerful. So it has MIDI Learn. I could map anything I wanted to to that. Right. Um, which is which be be it would be cool. Um, yeah. But I kind of like the two. Just it's very hands-on. It's really easy. Yeah. It doesn't take up too much space. Yeah. Um, and I've still got an input free if I want to loop guitar or bass or cool. both as well. So I've, I've I only loop my vocal uh, for this set. But like if I'm going for three hours, I'll I'll shred some guitar too. Sure thing. Yeah. So yeah. like that, and maybe the jams go a little longer. Yeah. You know, like I I can get on the drum track. I can get rid of the kick i can get rid of the snare i can yeah do weird things i have another drum track if i want a finger drum and then right. get rid of the old drums like i can kind of do whatever i want and that's sort of the the thing that even with a band i can't do yeah right yeah. and so that's that's the advantage that i've i'm finally feeling comfortable with my setup that's the biggest thing like yeah i i even sent a different setup at one point yeah in, in the right, process yeah. of setting this whole thing up like and that setup was cool too. It was yeah. it's still cool. People liked that setup and it was easy. Yeah. It was on a board. I was one cable out. It was very simple. Um yeah. I feel like um with with this kind of thing, with um electronic music like this and with solo music in particular, your sound ends up being dictated by what you're using, you know? Yeah, and, a lot and, of it. And and um and the whole style of it. And I find every time that I switch up my gear with my solo set you know, it, the whole sound world that, that you, you're in control of, you know, changes and it changes the kind of performance you give and the, and the kind of and the kind of aesthetic that you're, you're presenting to the audience. Yeah. And, and, it, and it needs to feel it's whatever you're most comfortable with. Yeah. That's uh, you need to know where everything is. 
Yeah. Um, like I, I really know how to operate the force. That's first of all, it's called the force. Yeah. And I can say I'm playing the force, or <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm controlling a synth with it, it's like yes, yeah, so I'm controlling. I'm using <laughs> the force. It, this, the, the nerd in me, the weeb in me, just feels so cool playing it. <laughs> um, but it, it really feels like an instrument. Like I've sent a click track to a drummer many times. And we'll go for like two hours. Just, yeah. just everything's made up, and I can make up a whole song. Um, and I think some of my, I mean, FKJ, I brought up. He's very Ableton based, and he he shows off all his multi instrumentalism. Um, and Mark Rebelet is is kind of Mark Rebelet. Rebel, he's a looper. Um, yeah. Dude in the bathrobe all the time. Like he, he's yeah, had the yeah. same setup in every video that he's yeah. ever put out. Um, and that every time I like want to change something, I, I think about that because he just knows it. Yeah, it's really intuitive, and so changing it is cool. And I do different things with it. What I like about the force is I can control another synth with it if I want to. I can add things into the ecosystem that right. is the force, but I don't have to change my whole workflow around not having it. You know, so yeah, yeah. that's sort of the uh, like it, a lot of it's dictated by gear. But I will say, like a lot of people use the force, yeah. and a lot of people make like drum like just very different music on it sure yeah um it, it, my background is not electronic music yeah you know it's like i, I it, it all has to be a good song right first that that would be good acoustically and they're all written i and sometimes I'll, I'll i'll write them in reverse so you make a whole arrangement for a song that does not yet exist and then that might write something kind of for you it just kind of appears but yeah oftentimes it's a song that was already a song that I already liked, and now I just, how do I want to arrange it? What are the colors I want to add to it? Yeah. And that is a lot. Once the song's written, recording takes like 10 minutes for me sometimes because it's just, I know what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so I think knowing your gear is just a, a, a byproduct of that. Like yeah. Knowing what you want to do and getting better at doing it yeah, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that that's sort of the thing. Like I've tried so many different setups. I've tried it with Ableton. And I will say Ableton gives me almost the exact same workflow the Force does. Right. I, I did almost the exact... I had a push to and the same launch pad doing the same duties in it. You know, it's the same thing. However, th the difference is that it's a, that's your laptop on stage. Like yeah. That was my computer. And I record everything. I mean, everything with that for the most part. And that was incredibly terrifying. Oh, I'm right there with you. I've been there. I, I know exactly I what you mean. I could like Taking see the beer. I yeah. see the beer. Like the a dude spilt it, and it got on my MIDI controllers and not on the laptop. And I right, just wiped right. them away. They were fine. But it was. It's really, really terrifying. And yeah, you hope yeah. people are away. Like I've watched about a bajillion boiler room videos, and all the hardware ones, they just look a little less stressed out. For Any, sure. Anytime it's just man. a little SP or they're using a, you know, just I a sampler or something. I hate bringing my computer. I hate bringing I, my I don't, I just out. don't, especially because if, I just, it's so hard to replace, yeah. not the computer, but everything on it. Yeah. Like, you back it up every time you do something, but maybe there's something in the plug-in that you have on that version of the computer, yeah, and yeah, then you try yeah. to open it on the one... You might lose that even if you've backed it up. That's, I guess, yeah. my point. Like, it's hard to lose that yeah no you know? like you know gig worthy sort of solid well-built hardware is what it's all about man yeah I think, yeah, I yeah. and there's um gibraltar makes like a really cool mounting stand that i can put it in so i, I like all that with it what i i'm kind of still figuring out with it is just making it 
like my thing, you know, just yeah. to mark like letting people know like this is a good machine. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty comfortable with it. I hope you like watching me use it. Just using it more live, you know. Yeah. I'm just doing it. But I think a lot of my first year or so, like I, my first gig I played was solo. Um, and I, I said my first gig, but I did acoustic stuff as like a, maybe I stopped at like 13. Because right. I started bands. I was like, I just want to rock. But then I got older, and one of my first real like solo set with this stuff was probably October of of last year. Right. Um, so then everything in Philly, I considered it, it, figuring it out. Like, it, it's not, like, this is not the finished product. Yeah. The songs are good. I had enough stuff done, but it's the, the, the live show is going to evolve and evolve and evolve yeah, and evolve. Yeah, but I have to know? say, you've, you've come a long way with it. And, and one of the... Uh, Thank you. We've had um, Ricky Bobby came on and did, and did an like quite a long time ago, about nine months ago now, and did a very impressive looping set. And we've had a couple of other people who are really sort of on top of their gear. You know, I'd put you right up there with that in the sense that you you, you seemed like Thanks, you've Thomas. mastered it, you know what you're doing with it, which is really cool to watch. And, and you know, like I was saying, you can get... Wh when it comes to people using equipment like that, it can be super dull or not, you know, or, yeah. or you can go the extra mile and actually know how to use it and be able to jam with it, which you can, which is cool. Yeah, that's the hope. The hope is people are like, it's, uh, it's, and granted, most shows I've played, I'm the only person like me on the bill. Yeah. You know, I, I've played zero beat sets or yeah. anything like that um, yet. Like, I, I, no, I did one where there was another, there's, they had a singer and a guy playing Ableton, like, with like an Ableton setup. Yeah. Um, but like they would end a song and then start the next song. And, yeah, you know, it was, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. still cool, still very cool, very fun. I really l enjoyed what they did within the song. Yeah. Um, but no one where it's like, check out this blob that I've created. Where yeah, it for just sure. Kind of like it's rad. It's just liquid and, and blends together. That's I dig it. That's the fun. Yeah, I'm glad glad you liked it. So uh, you want to feel comfortable with your gear. So glad that comes off. It does. Have you got anything coming up that we need to know about? Um, so a bunch of covers are coming out in a couple. Hopefully, I know whole lot of love. The first one, should, I just got an email about it like an hour ago. So yeah, covers like kind of get cleared differently. I use DistroKid to put my to put my stuff out. Um, and it's crazy. It's like $10 a year for unlimited original music, but each covers $12 a year. So it's immediately more cost effective to drop your own music. But, um, I just love certain songs in the, in the catalog of just music yeah. that came before me, uh, that I found formative. I thought could use a, the, the original version is always going to be the S tier one that I wanted to cover, but um, I did whole lot of love Led Zeppelin, uh, Bob O'Reilly, The Who, Ooh Baby Baby, Smokey Robinson, and The Miracles, um, and uh, I know I'm losing you, The Temptations, um, and I'll probably do more covers in the future. Uh, but that's kind of what is coming out in the next couple days. Cool. Um, and then a bunch of other. I mean, I've got probably tw twenty songs.